This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, James Erpin. Great to be with you. So much to get to today. A bunch of interviews. A bunch of interviews. I just got back from Bengals OTA practice. Talk about that for a little bit. You're going to hear from Carl Lawson on today's show. Talk to him one-on-one. Andy Dalton talk today. You'll hear that as well. Plus, one-on-one with Tyler Boyd, who well, he has an outlandish idea, an outlandish prediction for the NBA. All of that coming to you today right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. You get your daily Bengals fix each and every weekday with this podcast. You can subscribe on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. If I'm out of breath, it's because I took six flights of stairs. I took the stairs to get up here, and uh, I just got back in studio, and it's like, oh my goodness. But uh, look, I'll be honest. It was my first time going to OTA practice. Haven't been able to do it just with uh, different um, scheduling things. It just haven't been able to make it work. Obviously, I've been to the locker room and and brought audio, and you've heard that here on the podcast, different interviews and such. But uh, a couple takeaways. One, I think that there will be, and this sounds very, very bland, but but I think it's noteworthy. There's going to be a lot more motioning in this offense with Bill Lazor. I I think that was apparent early on, and maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe they're just going through the motions, so to speak, and it won't be. But my eyes tell me that they're going to have a lot of versatile pieces in a lot of different areas. And looking at the wide receivers, the running backs, et cetera, motions make sense, and I think we're going to see that. I watched John Ross. Looked good to me. Looked healthy to me. Looked like he was moving well. Looked like he had the burst. Looked like he had the ability. Um, There was one time Andy Dalton missed him on a deep ball. He had a a couple receptions as well, one swinging – out of the backfield, um, a couple post routes as well. So it good, so, some not so good. Andy missed him once. There was one time Ross dropped it. Uh, one time he slipped out of his break. So, look, we pay attention, and I'll be honest, I was paying more attention to him than I was virtually anyone outside of A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd as far as the wide receivers go. A.J. Green didn't participate in any kind of contact drills, or he didn't want to risk any kind of contact. There isn't really tackling in OTAs and in this, but... You certainly can get hit. You can get uh, slapped, scratched, etc. And so they didn't want to risk it with A.J. Green. Um, so he was just on the side for that. He did some one-on-one stuff, um, or, or some drills rather, but no one-on-one stuff, no 7-on-7, 11-on-11. Um, overall, though, I, I liked what I saw from the offense. Uh, it's hard to tell, obviously. But I think as far as where we're at right now, you should feel good. I do. Being being someone looking at it outside in everything, think about it. What would the goal be right now, June 5th, that everyone's picking up the offense, that everyone's healthy? Well, that's the case, that um, the offensive linemen are getting their feet wet. Well, they are. All of that stuff is happening. You know, we're not going to know much as far as results and how people are really looking and how these guys are truly looking until training camp, but so far, at least my takeaway from today was everything's about as good as it can be um, on paper right now on June 5th. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Let's dive into some of these interviews. Let's start with, <clears throat> excuse me, let's start with Tyler Boyd. And I think Tyler Boyd's going to play a big role in this Bengals offense if they have success. I make a lot about Ross. I talk a lot about A.J. Green. Obviously, there's Eifert and Joe Mixon, and those four get the attention but I think Tyler Boyd underneath 
can do a lot of damage. I caught up with him in the Bengals locker room earlier today. Here's my conversation with Boyd. OTAs are obviously underway, almost over now. What has been the biggest difference this year with a new offensive coordinator versus your first couple years in OTAs? Um, I think that they're giving us a lot more freedom to to do us, you know, not overcoaching us, you know, not not going out there and telling us you got to do it this way or it's not going to work, do it this way, because whatever situation it is, it could be different looks every time, you know, so you might not be able to run a full fast step route, you might have to run baby steps, stutter at the top, and, you know, just just get open, you know, so I think coaches do a great job of letting us feel free and just, just relax and just, just play. The offensive line was certainly a question mark last year. It, it had its ups and downs. As a receiver, obviously, you're dependent on Andy. You're dependent on the line. Is it? Um, does it give you confidence knowing that they went into the offseason, addressed some of the, the offensive line issues now that you see some, some new faces and some established places along that line? Definitely, because I feel like the line took that real personal. I mean, I would. I don't know who wouldn't take that really personal, you know, because that's – not a good name I want to have hanging over my head, you know. So I believe Auto Guys is, is preparing themselves every day to, to be great and to, to earn a certain job, no matter if they're a vet or a young guy. In the locker room with Tyler Boyd, Tyler, I look at this offense and it, it looks like I feel the way I did last year, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. You in the slot, obviously a veteran like LaFell, A.J. Green on one side, Eifert, and then Ross entering year two. Mixon in the backfield, Geo in the backfield. I think the sky's the limit for this offense. Am I being too optimistic? What is your feeling when you look at this offense, at least on paper? Man, I've been feeling this way since last year, since we, we drafted Raj. You know, that's, that's dynamic, man. Explosive, deep threat, short, anything. You know, it's, it's like you look at it, it's like, how do you stop them? Like, how do you how do you stop them group of people? You know, regardless of how you utilize the ball. You know, this guy should be open all over the place. Mixon should, should be able to hit any hole at any time. It's just it's hard to defend. And last year, and, and I, looking back at it, it, there's a mixture of reasons why, but you guys finished 32nd in the league in offense. Is that kind of a, a reminder that even though last year on paper the offense looked really good, that it's on paper and you got to go out there and prove it? Definitely. No, that's, that's, that's heartbreaking to all of us. You know, I, I know a lot of the blame went to the linemen, but we all felt some type of way about how we played last year, you know, especially knowing we was a 32nd offense, you know, we all feel like we could have done things to to to, to help the team win or, or, or create ways to, to, to win in the long games, in the games that was close, you know, so I think we all want to prepare and get better and, and show everybody that we're not just a group of people, people that look good on paper. Have you watched the finals yet? Yeah. Who do you got? Obviously, as of now, the Warriors up 2-0. Man, I got LeBron, man. I can't never go against LeBron. You got LeBron. LeBron. All day. Are you can't re- go against LeBron. You think he's going to – well, I'm going to say the Cleveland LeBrons. You think they're going to beat the Warriors? Yeah, they're going to be – they're going to win. They're going to win the next two games. They should have had game – when they had game one, it would have been over. Because it's hard It's hard to still win in, in, in Warriors and up there and going State. But the Cavs going next too. I can't take you serious right now. You're 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 serious. You're not trolling me. Super serious, bro. The Cavs win the next two. So Cavs win the next two. They win in six or seven. Mm, they gonna, gonna go to seven. Okay. It's gonna go just like how the Boston series went. They won the first two. Cavs won the next two. Boston. Then the Cavs again next two. Oh man, like I can't believe it. Like I'm not gonna make you <laughs> make a wager with you, but I want to. Maybe when we turn the. Turn this off, but I can't, I can't believe. Are you serious? You think Cleveland? Man, I try, I what, but did you see Steph Curry the other night? Uh, if they play like that, that's gonna be tough. But I don't see them going in, into 
into uh, Cleveland and doing that. Because they ain't never, I can't say never, but the way stuff been playing, if he's still hitting it, it's going to be tough. I ain't going to lie. It's going to be tough for LeBron. He just needs some, a little bit of help. He'll be all right. Do you hoop at all? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, who do you play like the most if you had to compare your game to an NBA player? Mm. Um, let me see. I'm gonna have to get the mellow. You know, I love I love Melo's game. I don't, I don't I don't shoot like Melo, but I just I just love Melo's game, man. All around, you know, he's he's a great like, shooter. Like but young Melo. Yeah, young Melo. Young, not not the Melo. He don't, I just I was a real big Melo fan, man. Till till his late 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 years, man. Do you wear a headband? I just always wear headbands because of him. What position did you play? Did you you played in high school? I assume. Yeah, I played a three and a two, four and a small four. You still play now? Obviously, that you guys have that nice court. No, nah, we just shoot in there. We shoot around in there and shoot jumpers and stuff. Come on, you guys don't play threes or twos? Oh, nah, it ain't. But uh, I still hoop. Can I play? Yeah. Can, can I play with you guys at twos nah. or threes? No? If you only if you can shoot, you can shoot. You're good. You, you guys really just shoot? You don't shoot in there. We'll you don't want to risk? No, nah, it, ain't, it ain't no court. We'll be sliding all around in there. We just shoot. We don't want to get hurt, in, especially in the building. So we just shoot. <laughs> Who's the best shooter on the team? I, I'll give it to AJ. AJ's the best shooter. I, I heard Andy can shoot. Andy can shoot too, but AJ, man, yeah, I give, I give it to AJ. I give it to AJ. AJ or Joe. AJ or Joe. Okay. Uh, well, I appreciate the time. Work on the shot. You need to have the best shot too. I'm competing. They ain't knocking me out. I'm competing. They got they got some good shots though. They ain't hit about six, seven in a row. I'll be dead out about four, five. They, all right. Next time we talk, the Warriors will be champs. All right. So I, I appreciate the time. For sure, bro. He's insane. Ain't no way that the Cavaliers, I'll bet every single one of you guys if you want to. There's no way, and he wouldn't bet me when I turned that recorder off. He wouldn't bet me. Cavaliers are not beating the Warriors. I'll bet each and every one of us. Any listener that wants to bet me, James Rapine at ESPN1530.com, um, at James Rapine on Twitter, at Locked on Bengals. We can bet a John Ross jersey. I bet any listener at John Ross jersey, the Warriors beat the Cavaliers in the series. Any of you. Heck, we, we could do a John Ross and a Tyler Boyd jersey. So you have both in your collection, or I do when, um, well, the Warriors get it done. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You'll hear from Carl Lawson and Andy Dalton next on the Locked on Bengals podcast. So Carl Lawson was a, a standout performer last year among the rookie class, and I, I talked to him about football. I also talked to him about restaurants and I was kind of surprised at how into food he was. Here's my one-on-one interview with Bengals. Linebacker slash defensive end. Let's just call him a pass rusher, damn it. His name is Carl Lawson. Carl, uh, it's been a while since we've talked. How was the offseason? Offseason was good, you know. Uh, get, you know, Able to work out, work hard, you know. Get some overall improvements on athleticism and strength. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I know you're a hard worker. I know you, you leave, uh, live, uh, you know, eat and breathe football. Did you do anything fun outside of football, whether it's vacations or anything like that on the offseason? I mean, not like a vacation, vacation. But I went to Universal one time. I went to, I mean, I stayed in South Florida, so that considers as one of the, um, you know, as a vacay kind of. And But really just uh, just chill. That's a vacation for me, just to be able to, you know, kind of get away from, even though I love football, I mean, you know, just get away from the, you know, just, you know, and get back home in Atlanta and Florida, and that was awesome. That's vacation week. Obviously, you had a, a great rookie year and certainly a breakout rookie campaign. What do you think the biggest difference is with Carl Lawson right now versus where you were at a year ago? I don't have to. It's not too much a, a learning curve. You know, I kind of get to do more what's uh, more what's natural to me, and 
yeah, so that was that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, that's been the biggest thing. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit a little bit stronger, a little bit more agile, a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit more everything. Um, so, yeah, that. What are your new impressions or, or your first impressions of new defensive coordinator Terrell Austin? A cool dude, you know. I mean, you could tell he's a coordinator, that, defense coordinator that, that likes speed on the field. Um, you know, that's, you know, and, uh, and likes to play the run too. So he's a cool dude. Nothing really, nothing really bad to say. No, all good things. How are OTAs going for you? Obviously, you're just a couple days left. I think I've been doing really well, honestly. I mean, film won't lie. I'm playing, you know, well against the run and the pass. I just got to continue to grow. As far as uh, off the field goes, do you have any hobbies, anything you like to do? Sleep, watch TV shows, eat. I love to eat. I'm not going to lie. You, you got to follow me on Instagram. At, uh, what is it? Carl Austin 58? I think it is. I post nothing but food, tons of food. I go around just trying to find, like, the best restaurants in whatever city I'm in at the time. So. What's your favorite restaurant in Cincinnati thus far? Favorite restaurant is a... Uh, what do I go to the most? I don't want to. I, I want to put the honest answer out there, so make sure. I probably have to say uh, Island Fridays right now. Let me make sure. Yeah, Island Fridays right now. The, the jerk wings. It's on Cincinnati's campus. But they got this thing called jerk wings. I'm and my my family's Jamaican, so Island Fridays is my spot. And then I and then I eat at Capitol Grill a lot too. Okay, I'd never heard of Island Fridays. Is okay. it new? Or? No, it's just like a little hole in the wall. Oh. So yeah, so it's pretty good. All right, boneless or bone-in wings? They got bone. It's it's a uh, you know it's bone-in, but it literally the meat falls off the bone. Really? Yeah, Island Fridays jerk wings are special. All right, I'm gonna have to get those. Do you cook too, or do you just? I cook go for sometimes, it? but yeah, I don't put that on my story. My food, my, my <laughs> the food I cook at home is not that uh not that good. Okay. I'm thinking about doing a food blog here soon. You know, rate, rating restaurants around Cincinnati because I feel like I'm a food connoisseur. So, Carl Lawson, the food critic. Yeah. So, be tu- be, stay tuned. It, it might be happening. All right. Well, I have to follow up, and when that happens, we'll we'll talk about it. All right. All right. Thanks, Carl. Sure. How about that? A foodie. I'm gonna have to check out that place in Clifton. It's right by the University of Cincinnati. Haven't heard of it until uh, Carl said it. So, gonna check that out. See how it is, and I'll report back. So a lot of you out-of-towners that listen to this podcast, when you come in town, maybe you could check it out as, as part of your in-town Cincinnati experience. All right, let's get to the Andy Dalton scrum. I asked a couple questions here. Um, it, it started with him talking about his foundation, which raised over $220,000 during a banquet on Friday night. Huge, huge numbers. They help all different types of children and families with uh, the children have any kind of disabilities and I, I love the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation. It is great. If For all the stuff I say about Andy on the field, the dude is about as good of a dude as can be off the field, at least as far as I could tell. And his foundation is a perfect example of that. This is me, a bunch of reporters, beat writers, TV personnel, all these different people talking to Andy Dalton earlier today in the Bengals locker room. He was just saying you are the best fundamentally of anybody that he's ever worked with. When you've worked with Aaron Rodgers, it's a pretty good compliment. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, you know, Aaron's obviously, uh, you know, one of the best players in this league. And, um, you know, I feel like I, I take pride in, you know, ha- having good fundamentals. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, for him to say that obviously means a lot because he's been with a guy like Aaron who, who can do so much. 
talking to Matt Barkley, and he said that you guys have had a little bit of a relationship over the last four or five years, I guess, from the Tom House experiences. What what are you seeing out of him so far from being in the room and, and seeing him practice? Yeah, I, I've enjoyed having him around. You know, he's he's been in, in several different systems, been uh, been around the league a, a little bit, and been on different teams. So he can he can pull from past experiences, and, and he's played too. So um, you know, it's it's cool when you get a guy that you. Uh, have gotten to know throughout the years to come join your group, and uh, he's done well. Uh, you know, for him to come into a new team, new obviously new system, it's a new system for everybody. But for him, he's learning guys and things. I think he's done a, he's done a good job. From his previous exposure with Bill Lazor in Philly, is could he be a good like second set of eyes for you? Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously we'll understand more once we get playing games and uh, once the preseason gets going. But um, you know, I think with with him and uh, and Jeff and. Uh, you know, Logan's coming along a little bit too, so uh, I think we've got a good room, and so uh, I'm looking forward to see how it all plays out once preseason starts. Um, these guys were saying, uh, I think everybody pretty much seems to think that Bill is pushing you in a situation where you're trying to emphasize your strengths. A guy kind of strikes me that may be too is Hewitt. Hewitt's a kind of a versatile guy comes out of the West Coast that Bill has coached. Uh, do, you, do you see more of a more of a bigger role from Hewitt this year as opposed to the last couple? You know, I think uh, it's going to de- <laughs> depend on how, how game plans go and different things. You know, Ryan, he's a guy that you know, we've used at fullback, we've used at tight end. He's kind of moved around a lot. Uh, a smart guy that understands all the different positions. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a, a role for him and uh, there's a chance for him to, to get some more action probably this year. And I think just with the way that, uh, you know, we're doing some of the run game stuff and different things, I think he's, uh, you know, he'll get some more action in there. What did it mean to you, Andy, that the organization looked at the offensive line, which has obviously been a weak point in the past couple of years, and got a, a franchise left tackle, a guy who's been proven in the league, invested a first-round pick in a center. What did that mean, being the quarterback, being the guy that has to deal with the line, whether they're good or bad, that they went out and addressed a weakness like that? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it was obviously a point of emphasis. And, uh, and for me, I just, I just want as much time as I can have back there and as much space. And so I think for them it was uh, – you know, it's something that they wanted to, to change, bring in some new new people, and um, you know I, I thought uh, you know it was obviously important for them to do that, and so um, you know I think bringing in Cordy, Cordy fits exactly uh, what we want in that position, and uh, Billy we'll, we'll see more, but I think he's he's doing everything the right way right now with as much as he you know as much as he can do without actually being out there, so um, you know once once pads come on we'll we'll see how it all goes, but uh, you know. I, I, I love having both those guys. In a league with a lot of gigantic people, when you first saw Cordy face to face, were you like, okay, this is a different? Deal. He's huge. He's huge. <laughs> I, I think one of the, obviously I saw him, and then like I saw a picture of him standing next to Clint, which Clint's a big guy, and he's like twice the size of Clint. He's, I mean, he's he's a he's a large human. <laughs> There's not very many people built like him. Kind of wit like. Yeah, for sure. And he's wearing 77, so it uh, it looks similar. Is that why the 77 is on the tackling dummy out there? Is that the kind of joke at his physique? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It's probably taking a shot at wit. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, I, 
he's he, he's uh, he's good for a guy his size to have his athletic abilities uh, pretty special. You talked about Matt Barkley a little bit. Have you talked to AJ McCarron at all since he got to Buffalo? Yeah, I've talked to him a little bit. You know, it seemed, things seem to be going really well there, and uh, and he likes it. So uh, for him, he just needs his opportunity. I think he's going to get it there, and so he's just got to make the most of it. But uh, I'm happy for him. He's in a spot where he's able to compete and um, you know, hopefully you know, uh, start and, and play well. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I was talking to someone today, and say what you want about Andy – and I have my opinion of him, of him, and so do you. But this is the first year in a while since 15, 14 where if Andy goes down, there's no one behind him. Like, McCarron was fine in 15, and you felt comfortable with him in 16, and you felt comfortable with him last year. Andy goes down. Who are you excited about? Matt Barkley? Jeff Driscoll? Oh, boy. Logan Woodside? It's rough. Hope Andy stays healthy. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. We do it every single day right here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. You can. I almost said on ESPN 1530, if you could tell there. It's a habit. Uh, You can subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and every single podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. I think later tonight, early tomorrow morning, I'm going to have some videos and pictures up from OTAs. So I will get those up at LockedOnBengals.com as soon as I can. Have a great night, and until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast.